the default of democracy. Welcome to the Default of Democracy podcast. This is Nancy Sims. And this is Christian Chamir. And we're excited. We have so much happening in the world of politics right now, Christian. It's a bit insane, isn't it? Yes, yes. We got the, the Trump trial going on right now that some people are calling. Um, you got Trump talking about um, he's not guilty. We just seen that he just had his... Um, his um, deposition today, and we'll see how that's gonna what's gonna happen with that. He had oh, how many was it? Thirty two federal 30, charges. 37 oh, thirty seven charges, and he had his arraignment today. And and so we um, we wanted to talk about that a little bit. I guess my kind of biggest interest in this is the history perspective of it. Christian, because this is the first president, former president in history to be indicted. So even if you just take Donald Trump and all of his personality and politics out of it, it's a moment in history because we've never seen this happen before. And so many people have so many opinions. It's all political. No, he violated government. I mean, you we could list them endlessly and but realistically it's not about his personality at this point or even his run for president it's about the maintenance of classified documents so and i think that this law has not been fully tested previously no um so when even we were talking earlier about how it almost gave memories of watergate and what happened with richard nixon and you were like this isn't even comparable to that because you know nixon had resigned before he even had charges and he had even been brought up for impeachment but um you know his impeachment didn't go all the way through trump was about to get impeached a few times so you know for trump to actually be brought in for federal charges and indicted is yes it's just historical feat and it's gonna definitely go down in the history books and trump will be forever remembered and however you want to see in his notoriety or however you see him well and this this is a second indictment the first one has to out of new york had to do with paying off uh, a woman who made charges against him But I consider this one far different because it's literally regarding the nation's security. And what seems unique about this indictment to me is that the law has never been fully tested and vetted in a courtroom. So it's a big deal. And and I think the, the special counsel has issued these charges based on what he believes to be the law currently yes but this case as it works its way through the system is going to tell us what is a classified document what qualifies as that and you know as a a 
aspiring lawyer, Christian, this should be fascinating to you from a legal perspective. Yeah, it is very fascinating to me because, um, like, yeah, we have no, you know, we as normal citizens, we have no idea what, you know, what's classified, what's declassified. I mean, even, you know, a few years back, you know, CIA comes out with a few uh, files here and there. They said, you know, UFOs were real just a few months back. So, you know, just, just them saying, oh, you know, these are classified files. You know, they're trying to define what exactly is a classified files. Even, um, you know, accusations of uh, Biden having uh, open classified files out on his desk for everyone to read in the Oval Office have came out. And so, you know, going forward, I think they're going to have to have some real rules and regulations, even like the Supreme Court documents getting leaked um, just a few months prior. Like right. they're gonna, they're trying to crack down on the security because, you know, this is our na this is national security. This puts our whole nation at risk for you know other countries and well, and in this case, yes, the the issue and concern is even international security, yes. right? So, well, hey, we can take the Trump uh, indictment and bring it right home to Texas, where our own Attorney General Ken Paxton is facing impeachment and i tell you we're gonna have a hot august yes. in this state because <laughs> he's actually going to stand trial in the texas senate yeah i'm looking forward to seeing like how everything's gonna go with that i think what happened with that is you know there was a lot of speculation and a lot of you know just you know allegations and you know i think they got they do got some hard proof and a lot of people coming forward with you know, information on that and just, I, I you know, we just reelected him. This would have been his third term. Which may be his best defense because his lawyers say the public knew this was happening and they reelected him anyway. Yeah. So speaking of, talk about battle of attorneys. Yeah. You've got the famous Rusty Harden and Dick DeGuerin on the side of the prosecutors. Yeah. And then you have the Tony Busby and Dan Cogdell yeah. that are representing Paxton. So these are all Houston-based lawyers some big with, hitters, yeah. with some major cases behind them of famous people, athletes, crimes, just really, really big legal um, giants that are gonna be trying this case yeah. in the Senate in August. And here's another thing, we talked about Trump's history. So this has only ever happened once with a statewide official yeah. in Texas, and it happened to Jim Ferguson back in 1917. So Ooh, more than a wow. hundred years ago, and of course, Obviously, the public wasn't too worried because they just put Ma Ferguson <laughs> right in as governor <laughs> in his place. And uh, the funny story of that is, you know, she's one of the first women governors of a state in history because she was put into office in 1918, I believe. And so, uh, you know, anyway, here we are with Kim Paxton, who again, Another quirky issue here is his wife is a state yes. senator, and it hasn't yet been decided. Will she have a seat 
in the trial? Will she have to recuse herself? How is it going to work? I think with that, Nancy, is I think it is going to be a conflict of interest. So I'm not sure she's going to be able to be like a part of that, like just legally. So they might have to just leave her out. They might have like, you know, uh, some yays, some nays from the current um, people on, in, in the house Senate. So they might just have to exclude her from that because I don't think that is a conflict of interest. And I don't think that'd be fair to her or Ms. Well, Jackson. especially when one of the items of impeachment is about him asking the real estate investor in Austin to get his mistress a job. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's some infidelity going on. So you already know how she's <laughs> So I just think this whole Paxton impeachment is sort of, like the Trump indictments in that it's history and it's a moment in time, we're going to have to see the Texas Senate organize itself for something it hasn't done for over a hundred years. And uh, again, we've got a soap opera playing out later this summer. They expect to go to trial in August. Yeah. And I think with that going forward, I think, you know, Texas just needs to just like, we need to just get back in line, just, you know, figure, figure, we have a lot of things to figure out. Like, me and you were talking earlier about this whole power grid situation. I mean, we're like a broken record here. We just keep talking about the power grid. You know, it's just a lot that's schools. going on. Yeah, schools, <laughs> everything. There's a lot going on in Texas, and it's like we can't even, we can't even figure out what's going on with our politicians. And... You know, going forward, hopefully, you know, we all can work things out as citizens. Hopefully, we can vote in the right people. People that, you know, even Kim Paxton was saying, hey, you know, the people of Texas trusted me. So, hey, I, I didn't think I was doing wrong. That's, you know, that, and we did continue to vote him in. And as you see, you know, it led to dire consequences for the state. And we don't know what's going to go forward. So, like we, me and Nancy always constantly say, do your research. Do your due diligence. Get out there and vote. Don't keep voting for the same person over and over because, oh, okay, I know their name. So I'm going to continue voting for them. Oh, they 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 have this recognition. I'm going to vote for them. So and speaking of on. scandals, <laughs> we've had our county judge right here in Harris County cussing <laughs> out one of her colleagues at the commissioner's court meeting. And, you know, I've been in politics a long time, Christian, and I've heard a lot of vulgarity. It's part and parcel to politics. But in a formal public meeting setting, I was disappointed to see her behave that way. It, it It was degrading to her as much as it was to the people she was, uh, let's be frank, F bombing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, like I said, from my point of view, Nancy, like, hey, I'm, you know, she's young. Like I said, she's younger. So, you know, the the youth, you know, we're a little bit more comfortable with expressing ourselves. I feel like, you know, the older politicians, they can have, they have a little bit more, like, they can hold back. I'm not excusing her behavior or, you know, anything that she said, but, you know, I was watching it with my friends. I was just like, hey, like, she's really emotional. Like, she just, you know, she had to, exp- that's how she was feeling, you know. She just expressed herself, and, you know, it's it came off vulgar, but that's really how she was feeling. Like, what is going on? Like, it's just so much going on, and, you know, she's been through a lot. 
with even like her past campaign just uh, like a few months ago like she's had a lot going on so it's just that stress keeps building up um what we were talking about the allegations that were against her so she had a lot going on so she was just very expressive in the way she just acted in that meeting okay christian but I'm just not okay with it in a public meeting. I think I've, I'm in a lot of back rooms, as you know. Yes, ma'am. And, and I get that, and I hear the language, and I know she doesn't like some of her colleagues and other elected officials around the county, and vice versa. They don't like yeah. her yeah. either. But at the same time, you can do that behind the closed You're doors. You're right. You're right. So. But, but protocol of a business meeting of the government really shouldn't involve that. You are right. She is the leader of judges in Harris County, the one of the largest counties in all of the country. So it's like, yeah. Third largest yeah, county. And yeah. you need to, you know, featured in Vanity Fair with your bright future yeah. ahead. And I don't want to see her hurt herself. As I've told you since the beginning of the year, I felt like she was a bit of a sore winner. Yeah. She hasn't been classy and grace in her victory. And I get her anger. I really do. But here's something I want to note that's consistent between the Paxton trial and Judge Idago's um, behavior last week. And it's that in the Paxton trial, you've got Republicans eating their own. Yeah. And... And commissioner's courts now four Democrats and one yeah. Republican, and they're fussing at each other. But it's the Democrats fussing at each other, just like in Austin. It's the Republicans, Republicans yeah. that are impeaching Paxton. That, that, I believe this is the first time in Texas that I've personally ever seen the Republicans going after each other. So It's very unusual. Yes. They it's, usually side with each other, but hey, like I said... Some things, you know, they just get out of hand and even, you know, your own side can't stomach it. So going forward, let's hope Miss Hidalgo can just, you know, just keep her cool. Yeah, keep her cool. We're urging her to get the air conditioning turned down. Yes. And- <laughs> and be cool at the commissioner's court meetings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trust me, I get it. Hey, these electricity bills and everything, it's <laughs> hey, it's summer. I get it. Hey. It's a hundred degrees in June. So yeah. we get it. And all of August is gonna be about a hundred every day. So So speaking of hot in Houston, it is still our year to elect a new mayor. There's mm-hmm. so much happening nationally, statewide, at City Hall, at the county commissioner's court. But meanwhile, we are going to elect a new mayor this year because Mayor Turner is term limited. Yes. So you know, I've been talking about this since yeah, we started the we podcast. Have. As as you know, it's the thing that gets me most excited because <laughs> a our message here is default of democracy. So city elections have the lowest voter turnout of any other election, and so we need to. Keep your attention on this because with all that's happening, I feel like Houston's mayor's race is fading in the in the big picture. Yeah. So um, Senator Whitmire had his kickoff last Saturday at Minute Maid Park with lots of people and and a more diverse group of people than I would have expected. He's got a you know he had a lot of folks there. Yeah. And um, 
and Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, who for purposes of the mayor's race, I'm shortening to SJL. Okay. So I got Whitmire and SJL. Okay. Because we've got to think of them as mayoral candidates. She's opened her headquarters. And one thing you and I've been doing is looking yeah. at their website. We've been re- doing some hard research on their websites and and signing up and seeing how the response goes. So what did you see when you compared these top two candidates' websites? Well, hey, I know nothing about web design, but I'm all for aesthetics and everything. And I, I, hey, I like um, everyone's designs. I, I personally like Mr. Whitmire's design more. It just was more fluid and intuitive. I feel like, like you said, Nancy, like, you were even able to do, and you said, you know, you know nothing about computers. <laughs> you were able to sign up, put your email on there, get emails back. It just was like more personal to you, Miss uh, Jack- Sheila Jackson Lee. Her website was just more just convoluted. Things weren't like in place. You would try to email, and you wouldn't get emails back. And it's just, it's nothing against any of the candidates. It's just. You know, they need to just have a more fluid and intuitive website for, um, you know, their specific audience. And like you said, even Mr. Whitmire, he had a Spanish version. version. has a Spanish version right there on the front page, and SJL did not. Yeah. Um, And the other thing, again, I think you mentioned is that we sent in sign us up for our list. Yeah. So, which pops up the media immediately when you uh, log on to their website. So again, got the auto return from Whitmire right away. Didn't Still, a week later, haven't received anything from SJL's website or her team. And that kind of looks bad on you from like a Candace side because like as a citizen, like you, first of all, you know, we're working, we're going to school, we're doing all we can. And just to even be involved in politics is, hey, that's a big thumbs up. That's a win for everyone. So, you know, you're not responding back to your constituents are the you know could be future voters of you it's kind of like a big oh i don't really care what you have to say and you kind of not just ignoring the voice that you have i think it's important for you and i to be consistent now you've picked on whitmire a little bit yeah (laughs) but in this case you had to admit that his website is a little bit better than sjl's hopefully most definitely hopefully she's going to keep working on it making it better but the other thing, Christian, that really stunned me, and then it took it took you and a couple of my other friends reminding me that this is something people don't know about SJL because they weren't born yet. Yeah. <laughs> but her resume on her website it, doesn't mention that she was a Houston City Council member for five years. That's a half a decade, and it's like that's something that, you gotta but play But it on was your resume. in eighty nine to ninety four, so she was elected to Congress from City Council, and yet people are saying, "Well, what does she know about the city?" Well, she knows a lot yeah. about the city. She served on the City Council. And I think that should be highly featured on our website, and it's not even mentioned. Yeah, that's important information that you gotta have on there. You know, you gotta have you know your qualifications because some people don't know. You know, some people are younger. Some people just you know don't know anything about these candidates, which is a hey, crazy because hey, who doesn't know John Whitmire and Sheila Jackson Lee? But some people honestly don't know. So. For her to just leave that out, like, we know you're a congresswoman, but what have you done in your city? 
we need to know if we're going to vote you as a mayor. Right. And people don't really know unless you know. Right. And we're so in the know. <laughs> I, I think I would like to see her feature that. And I'm not saying anything on the podcast that I haven't said to her folks. I sent them an email like an old fussy politico and said why isn't this on your website so of course i didn't get a response to that yeah <laughs> but but i do think it's something they need to take care of and uh you know meanwhile center woodmire's website's addressing specific yeah. houston issues and sheila's is all a focus on what she's done in congress so i hope they um they work on that you know on her side. Um, but most importantly, I hope somebody besides you and me are talking, yeah. <laughs> you and I are talking about the mayor's race, which is in November. We're talking about less than six months now. So we're five months down and it's still very low profile. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Like, hey, usually with hey, with upcoming elections, you start seeing ads, you start seeing things on Facebook, Twitter, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen, I rarely see flyers. I've seen John Whitmire flyers. I've rarely seen any Sheila Jackson Lee flyers. It's just, I feel like there's not that much attention being brought. And maybe it's because we're so far away, but hey, five months goes by quick. Very quickly. And I mean, this is huge. This is not an option. Mayor Turner cannot run again because of the law of term limits in Houston city elections, as well as Six city council members are term limited and they have open seats. So in the next couple of months this summer, uh, Christian and I are going to break down some of these candidates for you in these campaigns and hopefully get a couple of interviews yes. to join us. So we'll keep you all posted. But hey, friends, please remember we're electing a new mayor. <laughs> Go out and vote. Do your due diligence. Please do your research. Go out and just be, you get your voice heard. Be a citizen. Do everything start, in your Start power. signing up for these websites now. In fairness, I saw a lot of advertising for the Whitmire rally. Yeah. So I'm probably more their demographic target than you are. I did get a uh, lot of sponsored ads on my social media on Facebook and uh, Insta. So I definitely did get some of that. Whereas you may not have, yeah. but also maybe because I signed up on their website. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason I knew about Sheila's campaign headquarters opening, uh, was because I went on their website yeah. and they had a list of events. I did not get any targeted advertising. So what we're saying, folks, is you've got to take some responsibility here and go learn about these candidates. I believe Sheila Jackson Lee's website is Sheila for Houston. Um, no, yeah, Sheila for Houston.com and John Whitmire's. Yeah, is, let's go check on that. I think let's it's just John, John Whitmire for mayor. Yeah, John for mayor. John, no, it's johnwhitmire.com. Johnwhitmire.com. Yeah, and it says John Whitmire for mayor on the top of the page. Yeah, so johnwhitmire.com and sheilaforhouston.com. Yeah. So go do your homework, folks. And uh, thanks for listening and letting us talk politics with you.
Yeah, we're sometimes we're a broken record, but we gotta <laughs> keep y'all just focused on you know this election that's coming up. A lot of people tend to forget to the last minute. Dude, please don't show up on election day right after work trying to go vote. Try to think we have early voting two weeks in advance. Right. Like there's so many opportunities for you to get your early voting in, and there's a lot. There's a lot of time to think about your decision. And there's other candidates um, for the the smaller seats that you can also do your research on and see what their platforms that they're running for. But again, this is the default of democracy. It's Christian Tremere brought to you with Nancy Sims. So uh, 64 and 24, we come <laughs> at it from different angles, and we sure hope that you'll stay with us as we continue to break down all I like I said, it's going to be one hot political summer. And, and we will be talking your ear off about politics. Yes, we will. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch Default of Democracy every other week at defaultofdemocracy.com or wherever you get your podcasts.